Hey kiddo, welcome to the Inspire to Engage podcast, where we talk marketing for small business owners, how we can serve our existing clients well, and ways for us to engage more with potential clients. And of course, we'll talk some about the juggles and struggles to do all of this while still having a life. I'm your host, Rachel Eubanks, and I'm so happy that you're here. In this episode, I chat with the owner of one of my favorite Instagram accounts. Her name is Molly Marshall, and her account is Molly Marshall Marketing. I came across her account several years ago and realized right away she knew what she was talking about. So I'm excited today to share with you some of her expertise in Instagram specifically, but she knows a lot about social media in general. If you're a business owner who is focusing on serving your current followers and wanting to grow your account, and especially on Instagram, this episode is for you. You may have noticed that right now, social media almost feels like a playground because think about it. More people are at home. They're not traveling back and forth to work. They're not rushing off and taking their children to dance lessons, to band practice, meeting with the book club in person. Those things aren't happening. And so we know that what happens as humans, we lean towards social media and we start paying attention to what's going on there. So if you're a business owner who really wants to focus on growing your account, tending to the followers that you already have, which I would tell you is your very first job. If you do that, you will grow your your followership. And to understand that your ultimate goal is to bring more money into your business. That's why we have social media is to help the bottom line, help make more money. But if you are a business owner focusing on your social media right now during this pandemic time, this episode is for you. Molly gives a ton of great advice for how to tend to and grow your Instagram account and really any social media accounts. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Hey, Molly, I am so happy that you're here. I have been a fan of yours now for a while. So to have you here talking to me and talking to my audience is a big deal to me. It feels really good because I love the content that you're sharing. There is that fine line between sharing great marketing tips and then also recognizing the state that our nation is in right now and what small business owners medium-sized business owners and large business owners are feeling right now. And so you are doing a great job with that. You also talk about the fact in your feed, and I'm talking specifically about her Instagram feed. So in her Instagram feed, she does a great job too of recognizing we need to be on social media, but at the same time, keeping focus on why you're there. I think one of your latest posts said something about Quit focusing on your follower count and focus on your customers. And Mm -hmm. I needed that so badly that day. So thank you for putting out the correct mental focus as well. Not just marketing tips, but mentally what we need to be thinking about. So Molly, start by telling the audience what you do, where they can find you, a little bit of background. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for even asking me to be on here this morning, or I guess whatever time of day anyone will be listening to this. I appreciate the ask, and I'm really excited to be here and talk about this. I think this is a really relevant, timely topic, something I've been talking a lot about lately, so I'm excited to 
share it with your audience? Yeah. So I'm a social media and marketing consultant for small and medium sized businesses. And I also blog primarily about Instagram and just, you know, growing an online presence with social media. So I guess kind of the short version is in about 2014, 2015, I started, um, I worked in marketing, a corporate job, and I started consulting on the side and I went to a conference, a social media conference, and I just, it was a really good conference. And I felt like every session, every person that was, you know, speaking on the subject was kind of like, oh, I started where you were, you know, and I started a blog and this and that. And I thought, you know, what better way to kind of, you know, show what I could do with digital marketing by building my own online presence. You know, it's kind of like the whole, like, look, I practice what I preach thing. So I started my blog and my social media channels. And so I've been, um, you know, teaching entrepreneurs about social media and, and just how to grow an online presence overall, not just with social media, but other things too, blogging, email, all that stuff ever since. So well, I'm personally very happy that you took that step in 2014 because I am a follower. I have bought um, a course from Molly herself. And like I said, I definitely check her feed out on a regular basis on Instagram. She's Molly Marshall Marketing on Instagram. So I highly yes. suggest you guys check that out. The focus of our conversation today is that we know there's a lot of eyeballs on people's social media accounts right now. Molly and I talked earlier in the week and Instagram feels like a playground right now. It feels like it did two and three, four years ago. And it's honestly a silver lining for us business owners coming out of this horrific situation that our nation is in. And so there's a lot of business owners right now that want to get things heading in the right direction. That's what this conversation is about. Molly, I want to start by talking about the opportunities that are out there. What are the trends that you're seeing in 2020? And then we're going to, of course, get along further into the conversation and talk about how we can capitalize on those, on those trends. But talk to us about the opportunity out there, the trends that are happening. Sure. Yeah. You mentioned the first one, which is, you know, <laughs> at the end of 2019, everyone starts putting out their 2020 uh, predictions posts, you know, and they include things like video is going to be huge and, you know, Instagram stories or just story, you know, content in general, all that kind of stuff. And one of the things we didn't see coming was this pandemic and the fact that worldwide, there are a lot of stay at home orders in place. People are home. Some people, a lot of, you know, a lot of people, unfortunately are out of work. Um, but there's, I mean, still lots of people working, lots of businesses are thriving. Um, but people are at home using more social media. So that's the first, uh, trend is that we have this captive audience that we really haven't had in a while. The last couple of years have been, I think really stagnant for businesses on social media. It's been really hard to grow followings. It's been really hard to capture attention because we've reached a point of saturation on social media from a business standpoint. You know, every business has a Facebook page and an Instagram. So it's really exciting because if you are already on social media and maybe haven't gotten the results you wanted, I think now is an ideal time to really dig into that and really figure out what's working for you and not because you're actually getting attention right now. And the second thing is if you haven't started your social media presence because you felt like, well, what's the point? I can't, you know, I'm never going to gain ground. I'm too late. 
I think now is a really good time to jump in because people are, they're really in discovery and planning mode and they're thinking about what life is going to be like when this is all over and they're making their, you know, list of, they're making plans, you know, what, what do we want to go do when this is done? So it's just really important to get on now. And so some of the other trends are that social shopping is huge. Uh, we've seen, you know, Instagram came out with shoppable tags. I'm oh, it's just, just as a warning, I am terrible with timelines. I don't remember exactly when that was, but I mean, it was probably, I would say maybe 18 months ago, at least, um, started rolling that out. And so social shopping is just, it's huge. If you have a physical product, 81% of people say that they use Instagram to research products and services. So that's just insane. And if you think about it, you can probably think of an instance where you were looking for something at one time too. So I think that's really true. Um, another one is that customer service expectations are really high. You know, people don't go find a package and call a 1-800 number anymore, or even send an email. I mean, they might, I'm sure that they do, but when someone has a poor experience or wants a quick response, they go to Facebook or they go to Instagram. So they're expecting an answer to their direct message. They're expecting you to respond to their comment. If they don't get what they're expecting from you really quickly, they're going to go to the comments and they're going to probably not be super awesome about it. And it, it gets really public. So definitely something to keep in mind. And then, as I mentioned, kind of jokingly earlier, but these are true, is that video is really important. You know, every social media platform has some kind of, you know, video platform now. Instagram has IGTV. YouTube has always been YouTube. Um, you know, Facebook has Facebook Watch. Even Twitter, you know, you can upload videos that are up to 10 minutes long through their creator tools. So, you know, clearly all of these social media platforms have spent time and money and effort to be friendly towards video for a reason. And then the last one is that story content, or it's not just Instagram stories. I, you know, I say temporary content that expires in a certain amount of time. So story content, Instagram stories, Facebook stories, YouTube actually has stories. They're kind of hard to find, but they have that too. You know, that kind of content is just growing really rapidly. In fact, it's growing 15 times that of feed content. So, I mean, it's just, it's insane. We've heard rumors, like I think it was last year that Instagram was going to do away with the main feed, which I don't think is true at all. So I don't, I definitely don't want to be the spreader of rumors, but I mean, that just goes to show how I think committed people are to story content is that they start to think like, well, this is the future. This is all there's going to be because they're just so, so popular. So those are some of the trends that we're, we're seeing oh. for 2020. To play off of what you just said about stories, and I've got two or three things I want us to delve into here in just a second, but I was in a meeting this past summer, back when we actually met in person, <laughs> and right. one, of the, one of the presenters said out loud, you know, to all of us that were sitting in there said, you know, I'm pretty much 90% stories now. And mm -hmm. so many people in the, in the room shook their heads like, yes, me too. And for me, that was eye-opening as a business owner myself and as a consultant for other businesses, because stories are relevant, not just Instagram's algorithm loves you using them. Like we know that if you are mm -hmm. active on stories, that's going to help you in the long run overall. But 
people themselves. That's the real humans that are paying attention to Instagram are paying attention to stories. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later. That was an eye-opening experience for me when she said, pretty much when I get on Instagram, 90% of what I'm doing is I'm going through the stories. Well, and I think because it's just such a quick overview of what's going on with a business or your best friend, I think we're kind of drawn to that for some reason. I just wanted to piggyback yes. off. And so I want to talk for a second. You mentioned video and I am telling you, Molly, I was that person just even a year ago and I can still be a chicken about video, but most of my clients, when I mention the video word, we get a ton of pushback. So mm. I'm glad you're saying that too. And I, I want us to spend a little bit of time talking about video. First of all, what kind of content can we put out there and what are some tools or ways that we can make it relevant to our users, to the people who are looking at our feeds and for us, the business owners who are trying to produce this, what can you tell us about video? What are some things that you share with your clients to help them get on board with this video idea? Sure. Well, I think, you know, video still intimidates a lot of people because I think we have these like high expectations of like what it's supposed to be. Like we imagine like something that has been storyboarded out and we've got this film crew and like you know, one of those big kind of like fluffy microphone things. And then somebody's going to go like spend hours professionally editing that and, you know, mixing the sound. And like, we just like, that's where a lot of people go with video. And there's definitely a place for that type of professionally produced video your website about page that, you know, that kind of thing for sure. But most of the video that I'm talking about is video that, um, you know, our followers actually expect and enjoy a more, um, casual type of video. So, um, you know, a lot of, I, I would say that my, my clients are all, um, well, they're a mix of physical products and then some, services. So, so I guess they're a mix, but I would say, um, you know, my sweet spot really is more of those services. And so, you know, if you offer a service as your, uh, you know, how you make money, video content, I think is really easy for those people because it's all about sharing your expertise. And, you know, I just, I have a client that's an interior designer, a high end interior designer. And we were just talking yesterday. I was like, I just sent her like 10 video topics. And I was like, as you have time, pull out your phone. Like your phone is very powerful. Use some natural light and just talk about these topics for a few minutes. You know, like what are the three things you can do to instantly update the feel of a room, you know, and just talk for like five to 10 minutes and we'll use that. And for her, like she, her audience is not the DIY audience. That's actually going to go do those things. However, um, and this happens to me all the time in my business too, is that people will go read a bunch of my blog posts of like how to do this, how to do that. The thing is they don't want to, they just want to know that I know how to, so they'll end up hiring you anyway. Um, but that really helps them feel like, you know what you're talking about, you know, are going to serve them well. So yeah, I mean, as far as video content is, you know, sharing your knowledge and your expertise, um, taking people behind the scenes in your business. I, we say that all the time, like behind the scenes, behind the scenes, but seriously, there's a really good chance that whatever it is that you do in your business, that there's a bunch of other businesses out there that are doing the same thing or, you know, offering the same product or service. So 
ultimately like your story is what grabs people. Um, and I can't remember who said this and I'm going to totally butcher it, but I mean, it's something along the lines of like, people don't do business with businesses. Like they do businesses with other people. So we all have our favorite influencers and stuff. And it's just, it's, you know, because of like, that's who we identify with and and that's okay. You know? So video is one of the fastest, easiest ways to do that. Cause you really see somebody's personality. Like it's just, um, I think that's one of the reasons, honestly, that podcasting is so popular because there's just something about hearing someone's voice and hearing them talk to you. It just like kind of bonds you to them in a different way than a photo and a caption does. So video is really crucial. And you shared a stat with me too, that said something like videos are over a thousand times more likely to be shared than a still image. And I also, you said something else a few minutes ago too. I'm service-based, you're service-based. I have other clients and friends that are service-based. And we often say things like, but it's so hard to take a picture of what I do. And you made a Mm. great point that video is ideal for service-based. Not, and I'm not saying that if you are product-based, you should not be doing video. I'm not saying that, but I am speaking to my service providers right here that Molly made a great point that video is ideal for you because as Molly said, even if you're not serving a DIY audience, you've got to know your audience. So, but you are clearly showing them that you know what you're doing and they're getting to know you. And in fact, one of my best friends just shared a fact with me. She is a college professor and this lends itself to what you were talking about with video college professors that teach online that use their face get a much higher student rating at the end of the course Hmm. than a college professor that only uses slides and then Hmm. maybe talks through it or doesn't even talk through it. And the point that she was making to me is seeing someone's face is so important. And Uh I just wanted to share that for any of us out there that are listening and we're scared to death of video. This is still a way for us to build our audience. And honestly, those of us that are scared to death of video, we're worried about imperfections that most people are not even going to pay attention to. (laughs) Totally. And you know, that's like a good point though, is like you talked about a couple, a couple of things. One is you said, you know, it's so important to have your face in front of people. And it is, but if you are like, totally terrified and which I was in the beginning, you could do like slide with voiceover type thing that Mm -hmm. often is kind of like a good warm up. Like when you get used to like talking while the camera or the recording is, is going, it, it does help you get more comfortable. And the other thing is when I first started doing video, I remember I was like so nervous and it was like 20 takes later, I was starting to get so frustrated with myself. And I finally was just, I just thought, you know, Molly, like the funny thing is you're getting really worked up about this, but this is a video on your phone that literally no one is going to see unless you share it. So it's a safe space, right? Like I was like, I can, I can mess up. I can do whatever I can, whatever burst into tears here in a minute in the middle of it. And like the world will never know unless I manually share this with them. And it, for some reason, it just like flipped the switch where I was like, wow, it like really doesn't matter because this is private until I make it public. And that like really helped me get over my video situation. That is a great tip. And I love what you said too, as far as start video period, wherever you're comfortable. Another thing, I have a lot of clients that if I mention Facebook live, they back up and I understand Mm. that. And in fact, this is what I would say then 
don't do Facebook live start with videos just videos like you said that's mm -hmm. on your phone you have control in actually sharing them and then if videos the point to the point that you made if videos with your face on them scare you to death then start with just videos without your face and just with your voice and if you're somebody like me you know i nobody likes to hear their voice right camera. <laughs> <laughs> which is ironic that i have a podcast and i was like how do you how do you end up with the podcast girl <laughs> it happens i mean you have to get past that fear and but anyway you do it you eventually get used to it so it just is what it is molly a second trend that you talked about is stories so i want to i want you to talk for a second what is some good content for business owners to consider about putting in their stories and if they've never done stories before do you have a suggestion for where to start what are some basic guidelines for getting started with stories sure i mean the best advice is to just start honestly like you know it's funny because when i first started my Instagram, like back in the good old days, I was convinced that nobody cared. I never showed my face actually on my Instagram. I always shared, um, graphics and, um, and then I transitioned to photos for a while and now I'm back sharing graphics because I just, it works better for me. But, um, but I was convinced that nobody like really wanted to like see, like cared, you know, I guess about my life or whatever. But it's funny because sometimes when I share like more personal stuff on my stories, like those are the things that are the most relatable and get the most engagement. Like, I don't know, like share something that I'm like venting about or not that I'm venting all the time. Clearly like there's a balance here, but like, you know, people will respond to be like, oh my gosh, me too. You know, it's just, it's funny. It's really interesting. Like people actually really do care. So um, actually really recently, and I think by the time this podcast actually comes out for people to listen to. It will still be recent. I shared in my main feed on Instagram, it was like 20 Instagram story prompts. Mm, so you that go one. look at that post. Yeah. There's like, it's like a, there's like a circle in the middle and it says 20 Instagram story prop, uh, prompts. And then there's like little, little words, like you won't be able to read it from my grid, but you'll see it. Um, but anyway, I mean, there's, so there's 20 ideas right there. I mean, everything, you know, showing people, I mean, I could just, I could literally list like 300 ideas, like your workspace or, you know, asking them a question, like, I don't know, show them your coffee cup and be like, do you, you know, drink coffee or tea in the morning or nothing? I mean, it's, it's really just like, I use stories as a way to gather information from my audience. So as I'm working on things, sometimes I'll throw out, like I'm you know working on a new lead magnet right now. And I'm like, which title do you like, which one of these would you, you be more likely to download? Um, you know, I will take screenshots of some of my planning process when I'm doing content for clients and I'll show them, you know, this, this is like what, you know, my, I use spreadsheets, like there, there's lots of fancy tools out there, but I use spreadsheets. So it's like, you know, this is what my content book looks like and, you know, just stuff like that. So it's really just, and it's whatever you're comfortable sharing, but on the flip side of that, like you don't have to share all the intimate details of your life if you don't want to, like, there's really not a right or a wrong. It's just, just start sharing, start, see what people respond to, start asking questions. Um, you know, if you're more comfortable, start with that stuff. That's more like focused on your business and move into stuff. That's more personal. People love kids and dogs. So, I mean, <laughs> I just, you know, just start, like you're not going to know what people respond to until you get going. Okay. Great point. 
Let's pause for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Grace Girl Beads. This jewelry is handmade in Huntsville, Alabama. Now don't worry, if you're not from Huntsville, Amy definitely ships. Her jewelry is inspired by nature and infused with vintage charm and modern style. Her jewelry is perfect for everyday wear, from the office or carpool to a night on the town, when we actually get to go out on the town again. But you will find the perfect piece of jewelry to match your style. Now, I know Amy personally, and I know how hard she works on each of her pieces. You will love this jewelry. I encourage you to head to her site, gracegirlbeads.com. One more time, gracegirlbeads.com. You will find some beautiful things there. Okay, back to the show. One thing that we talked about or that you shared some information with, and this kind of corresponds with you asking questions and getting feedback in your stories, which I thought was a great suggestion, by the way. It's a way to be active and making the Instagram algorithm very happy with you. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, you are communicating with customers and you're getting feedback and figuring out what do they really want? Because ultimately the only, the reason that we're on social media is to serve our customers well, which then puts money in our pockets. Okay. We have to be very mindful of that. And which goes back to your post a couple of days ago that I really love that said, you know, be more mindful of your customer than your following count. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, there are these horror stories of businesses that just have these ridiculously large followings and make absolutely no money. Because based off of their Instagram following. So one thing that you shared with me was about user generated content. If you're not familiar with that, you may see it talked about as UGC. The G is that nice soft G for those of us out there homeschooling younger (laughs) elementary right there. But UGC, user generated content. And you shared some great information (laughs) about how to collect user generated content. And so I want to talk about that because I also want to know too, in your opinion, is that good information to share in stories or do you think it's more appropriate for feed or both, whatever you see as fitting? So tell us first how to collect it. And then yeah, sure. Sure. Well, I mean, user generated content is, I call it content gold, right? Anytime that we can get other people to create content, like branded content for us is a huge win. Take some of the pressure off of you. So Um, yeah, I mean, there's lots of ways to encourage it. Um, if you have, this is a little more difficult with a service-based business, but, um, you know, with a product-based business, uh, well, actually, I mean, with any business, first of all, you can encourage people to share things with a hashtag. So, you know, I have a service-based business, but you mentioned like my courses and I do have a hashtag, uh, camp course. And so I encourage people like, you know, if they want to take a picture and post it to social media to post it with the, um, hashtag hashtag camp. So and done, um, and I've done that course. I can highly recommend it. I'm going to plug it for you right here, baby girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Um, you know, the other thing is if you're like a local business or a physical business, um, is creating shareable experiences or like, you know, Instagrammable moments. So is there something kind of creative or cute or interesting about your packaging? Um, do you hold events? Is there, um, you know, I was actually talking to an association of wineries last week and, you know, I was like talking about the tasting room. I'm like, are there really like visually appealing places in your tasting room that people want to take a picture, you know, under, is there some kind of like architectural interest, all that kind of stuff. 
Um, contests are another way. Um, and honestly, one of the best ways to encourage people to create user-generated content on your behalf is to share it, like you mentioned, and you asked stories versus feed. I think it really depends on the quality. If it's something, uh, like using the winery example, if it's a really beautiful photo or really awesome photo, you know, go ahead and share that in the feed if it fits in with what you're already doing there. Um, if it's not like the awesomest <laughs> quality wise, maybe that's something that just gets shared to stories. So you still have like give the benefit of, you know, sharing it and acknowledging that somebody took the time to post the picture, but then it's not, you know, sitting there in your feed. So it's either, either one. Okay. And so one of the best things though, is to encourage someone to use a hashtag that we're putting out there. And is it, do you, in your opinion, is it all right to just straight up ask people like, Hey, share this. We want to, we want to show people what you're doing with our product or what you're doing with our service. Please share it. Is that, that that's good, right? Straight up and ask. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's one of those things that it's kind of a volume thing. You know, we have, we have, people have different personalities. Some people are, you know, share lots of stuff mm -hmm. every personal moment, you know, on Facebook or Instagram and other people don't. So it can be something that takes a while to get going. Um, but I think the more you ask, like, it's like, where can you ask? I, I think people are afraid to be like pushy, but it's like, you know, I think about, I try to support like makers, you know, small like artisans mm -hmm. and stuff and you buy things on Etsy. And I think, okay, I, so I get, a little tag in my package that asks someone to ask me to share Then I might get like an email. Um, you know, they might on, if I follow them on social media, they might, you know, ask for it every once in a while in a mm -hmm. post or story. And like, that's okay. You know, people are busy and we, we don't remember the first time you ask us to do something. Right. So, um, yeah, just straight up ask for it and keep, keep asking. Okay. That's a great point. You're right. Because we, we do get so nervous and, and worried that we're going to bug them to death. But for the most part, if someone really likes what we're, what we're doing, they are more than happy to give yeah. that, that great piece of content for us that, that those kind words, they're, they're happy to do it. They just need the reminder, like you said. Okay. So yeah, I want to spend our remaining time talking about the content itself. So, sure. because you have shared some great information with me in the past. And so I want to, we'll, we'll start right here with like the messaging itself. And I want to say before, before Molly gets started, one of the things that I guarantee Molly hears this, I hear it all the time too, but I just don't know what to write. So mm -hmm. I will tell you right now, those of you listening right now, that one of the main problems with that is that we don't know our ideal customer. So when you know your ideal customer well, and I really advocate writing an ideal customer story. In fact, I have a course coming out on that here in May about how to go about writing an ideal customer story so that when you sit down to do social media or to write an email or to work on a landing page on your website, you visualize a real human versus just talking to everybody and hoping that somebody hears it. So I would say first, number one, you have to know your ideal customer and it's vital because therefore you can actually visualize that person and they're not just some blur. It's not okay to just say, 
my ideal customer's female and she's in her 30s. Well, big whoop-de-doo, okay? <laughs> There's a lot going on in people's lives in their 30s. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk, though, about the content itself because you have shared some great graphics on your feed recently about getting your ideas organized and what mm -hmm. people should do that once they know their ideal customer, when they sit down, what are some of the trains of thought they need to be thinking about? For example, you talked about entertain, be willing to entertain. And so can you talk to us a little bit about the messaging? Once you know your ideal customer and you're sitting down to write, what does that messaging look like? What does, what do we think about as the writer at that point? Sure. Well, first I just wanted to echo um, support for what everything you just said, like absolutely you have to know your customer. I think when people are stuck and they don't know what to write, it's like, you don't know your customer well enough. If you knew your customer well enough, this would be like literally so easy, you know, like, so true. I mean, it's like, an, it, it literally becomes like a no brainer because you know them so well. And it's, and, and truthfully, I mean, like I talk to hundreds of business owners and I've worked with all kinds of clients and the ones that can tell me, can like talk my ear off for a half an hour about their ideal customer. It's so much easier to create content for them. And they are so much more successful than the ones that are like, like what you just said, like a female in her thirties. It's like, cool. <laughs> Fill up a couple pages for me. No, I'm right. serious. It's like, if you, if I, I need to, I, we need to be like in a situation where I'm cutting you off after a half an hour, like, okay, got enough now. Like that's where you want to be. So, oh, well so said. that, so after you have that, you know, think about, I call them content buckets. I mean, they're, they're categories. I just, you know, think like, okay, what, um, what do you, what do you, what do you want to share? What are you comfortable sharing? What's, you know, relatively simple to share? Like, you know, if it's, um, like, I don't, I'm trying to think of like an example. This is like silly, but if you're like trying to be a travel blogger, but like, you don't actually like travel all that much, like that would be really hard. Like, how are you going to get that content? You know? So it's like, what's, what are you able, ready, willing to share? I mean, and obviously all that is in alignment with what your customer actually wants to see. But, you know, so come up with, you know, five to 10 categories of content. So it could be like, um, humor behind the scenes, uh, you know, tips and tricks, like stuff like that. And, um, okay. again, I, uh, if you go to my Instagram feed, I mean, I think I like talk a lot about this. So there's, you know, various posts that mm -hmm. talk about categories and just even if you look at that Instagram stories prompts I think people would be inspired and, and kind of see some like common themes to find some categories so you have your you know five to ten categories or whatever um and I think the post you're talking about is the one where I said you know take those categories let's yes. say you have seven categories so basically you have one topic for every day of the week yes. and you want to post every day so we'll just do four weeks of content so that I can do easy mental math in my in my head so if you have seven categories for the next four weeks, that's 28 days. You need four pieces of content per category. So now it's like, okay, I need four. If I, if humor is, or quotes, let's say quotes is one of my, um, Buckets. my categories. It's yep. like, okay, I need four quotes and, you know, and my thoughts on those quotes. And that becomes really doable to chunk it out like that. Instead of sitting down in front of a blank calendar or spreadsheet and being like, okay, what do I want to talk about this month? That's really, really difficult. And honestly, like when I manage clients, I don't have time to stare at a blank calendar. I need to like sit down and plug, I need to plug it in. Like, okay, mm -hmm. the first Monday of the month is something humorous. And the second Tuesday is a blog post. And like, and it, it goes so much faster. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's what I do to keep things moving and, and, um, 
keep myself inspired. It's like, it's like guideposts. It's like when you're sitting there and you don't know what to write, it's like, okay, can I come up with a tip or a trick? Sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let me think about that for a minute. Perfect. Yeah. And then, and definitely a tip, tip or trick that your ideal customer wants to hear. So Molly's saying, you know, think in categories and then if you want to post every day of the, every day of the week, then you are from within those categories, you're going to come up with three or four posts within each category. And Molly, before we get off this really quickly, because I want to talk about the aesthetic side here in a second of our feed and of possibly, but let me, I want to, I want you to weigh in on this too, because I know what a lot of busy business owners are going to say, but Rachel, Molly, I do not have time to post every day. So I want you to talk for a second. Think about the, the fact that we've talked about stories a lot as well. Do they need to be posting every day? Can you get away with, and I shouldn't, I don't like that phrase, get away with, but can you, can you still grow your audience, be good to your customers, your existing customers come first, but then grow it too by focusing on stories some of the days and then making sure that you are in your feed to keep things relevant three or four times a week. What are your thoughts on that? Because I know you hear that as well from your clients. Sure. I mean, I think it's really important to pick a cadence that you can Mm. maintain. So like, that's the most important thing is consistency. So if posting every day, you're going to do it for two weeks and then burn out, and then you're not going to show up on social media for a month. And then you're gonna be like, Oh yeah, I need to get back to that. Like, that's not good. So, you know, picking something that's sustainable. Um, and honestly, I just, I'm posting every day on my main Instagram feed now, or mostly every day. I usually don't post on Sundays, but, um, but I'm coming out of a season where I was posting like twice a month because I just had things going on where I really, you know, twice a month, eight times a month was just, it was all I could do. And, um, and on it, it wasn't great. And honestly, like my account did not grow. (laughs) That's the thing is like posting every day really does give you better momentum. So it's like, it's a trade-off you know, because I didn't grow my account, but was I still able to serve my current audience? Well, posting twice a week. Yes. So it really depends on what your goals are. Um, I think it is important to be in stories every day. Um, I get asked that. Yeah. Like how many times I'm like, well, you know, they're up there for 24 hours. So if you can keep one thing in there every 24 hours, then you've always got a story going, but I mean, you know, three to five times a day would be awesome. Um, I think yesterday I didn't post a story at all. So it happens. It's like, the thing is, is people get really hung up on how, how often should I do this and how many and little, and it's like, I totally get that. But the thing is, we're not machines and we're not going to be perfect. And there are going to be times where we post more or less and it's okay, but we definitely want to be shooting for that consistency, um, you know, and more frequency. Right. I think you said two very important things right there. Number one, know your goals. So why are you on this social media platform to begin with? Okay. Number Mm -hmm. one, know that. And that then drives the consistency part. And because I like what you said about you use the word cadence, what a beautiful (laughs) word to kind of describe what our ultimate what we hope the rhythm to be is that there is a cadence to that. And then I had kind of referring back to what you, what you've experienced um, a couple of months ago, you know, I had a business coach tell me she really relieved my mind in that. I said, you know, I came dragging in one day to our session and I just said, you know, Melody, I, I have just blown this. I'm just not active on social media right now. And, you know, she kind of just started saying, you know, why? And 
I said, well, I, I have so many clients right now. And she said, well, once again, what was, you, what's your goals? You know, yeah. you are slammed right now as a business there. You have to be honest. We're not machines. Just like you said, there's only yeah. a certain amount of time in the day. So if you are serving your clients well, then yeah. you have to be real with yourself that you cannot be as active on social media, but that goes back to your goal. If you're right. full, you're to capacity right now. So are you really wanting to take on new clients? At that point, your goal becomes, I just want to stay relevant. I want to stay, I want to stay there so that people, when they land on my page, they know that I'm still in business. I still know what's going on. I'm still serving people, but you may not be churning out the amount of content that you were previously. So it goes back right. to goals. And I love that word cadence too, that you used beautiful word. Okay. So we talked about the messaging some, and I want to talk a little bit about the aesthetics. Like how do we make our feeds look beautiful? You have a couple of guidelines that you go by and your, your feed is so consistent and bless my little heart. I try, I'm like a renegade Molly. I mean, it's just, it's, I, I just try so hard. I have a great graphic designer that has got me starting the right direction. And then I create most of my own individual daily day-to-day -day stuff. And so I try, but I'm a renegade. So I want you to talk to people like me. How do we make our account uh, accounts pleasing to the eye? Sure. Well, I'm not a designer either. Um, and I think, I mean, I'm a fan of just keeping things really simple. So, um, you know, one, one thing I do see sometimes is when I meet with people that they just, they don't have any consistency whatsoever. Like they'll have all these nice photos and then they'll have one where it's like, there's a photo and then there's some like weird font, like message, like slapped across the image. And it's, you know, it's just like not in line with what they've done, or they'll have a few of those, you know, where they have an image with some text on it and, but all of the text is different and all the video on or, or excuse me, and all the different images. And, you know, so honestly, just having some really simple brand guidelines, having two or three fonts that you use. Um, and I don't mean like, sometimes I use this one and sometimes I use, I use that one <laughs> having like two or three fonts where there's like, one is like a headline. One is like a subtitle type. One is used for subtitle and one is used for body text. Like that's what designers do. So, um, and, uh, just picking a couple of colors. I mean, and there, I mean, there's so much that goes into branding and color psychology and all that, but if you're just getting started, just pick, you know, three to five, two, uh, three, I guess, to five colors, stick with those colors always. Um, as far as graphics are concerned, I love Canva. I have a pro account, which is, you know, like, it's about, yeah, it's like 120 bucks a year for a pro account, but even, you know, Worth with, it. yeah, even with the, um, like free account though, I mean, you can go yes, in there and you can create a social media post and they've got templates for you. So if you're not comfortable, just pick like two or three templates that you like, and then just always use those templates. Like it's not, it doesn't have to be rocket science. Um, I mean, I'm probably oversimplifying for some people, but you know, I mean, just do your best to kind of stick with a, you know, a certain look and feel and, um, do that until you can afford to have somebody do more branding work for you. That's, that's great advice. That's even, that's great advice too, that if you've already paid a graphic designer and they've gotten you started in the right direction, well, then you need to carry out what they've started for you. And my graphic designer has been really good about teaching me along the, along the ways, um, 
you know, how, how to do that. And so I'm so appreciative of her for that. And so I still have a ways to go. Bless my heart. It does not come natural to me at all. I like too what you said about Canva in the sense that the free is a, it will get you started and keep you there for a long time. And then the pro is definitely worth the money because then you can resize. You yeah. can upload fonts. If you do pay a graphic designer, you can upload fonts there then that, that they have picked for you. So it's well worth the money because it does help you stay true to, to what you have chosen as your colors and your font. So those are good suggestions, whether you're just getting started or whether you have hired somebody and you're still working on your day-to-day -day graphics. Okay. Yeah. So we're, we're getting low on time, but I also liked another piece of information and I hear this a lot too. How long should my captions be? So I want you to speak on that for just a sec. Yeah. I mean, captions, honestly, like they just need to be as long as they need to be to communicate mm -hmm. what it is that you want to communicate. So, um, contrary to popular belief, people do read on Instagram. So, I mean, my captions are always on the longer side because I'm sharing a lot of information. So, but every once in a while I'll throw one up, um, you know, for clients or for myself, it's kind of like short and punchy and funny. I think people will like look at other like successful accounts and just assume that like, Oh, well, it must be because their captions are always short and punchy and funny. That's why, you know, and then that's not, it, it's, it's really different for everybody. So it's, it needs to be as long as it needs to be to communicate what it is that you're trying to communicate. And that yes. holds true always. Agreed. I, I so agree with you. And I, I think it's great. In fact, back, back, some of the trends that I saw at the end of 2019 said, Hey, long captions are back in style. <laughs> So yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know if they ever went out of style. There's right. just certain, you know, there's just certain accounts that, you know, are going to, like you said, have the short punchy ones. And then other accounts, it's going to be a mixture based off of what they need to share. And then other accounts, I have some accounts I, that I follow that I know pretty much 99% of the stuff that they share, their captions are going to be very long. In fact, they're basically writers, you know, they're using their Instagram account almost like yeah. a a blog. a blog. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so you kind of know that once you land there. Okay. So Molly, we're about out of time. And so I want you to share three to five takeaways that you would tell clients right now. Hey, this is what I want you to know. We've talked about so much stuff today. Will you share three to five things that is the best piece of advice that you can give somebody in a, just a real quick moment? Sure. Yeah. So I think to kind of sum up all the things we've talked about today is first, um, you know, tell your story to connect with your audience. So, um, you know, those are all the things that we've, we've talked about just, you know, sharing all the content, all the different, the categories of content, um, you know, letting people in. So, um, doing that, creating some strategy around getting user generated content, I would like literally stop listening to this podcast and just jot down some ideas of how you're going to encourage that moving forward and implement that really quickly. Cause it's pretty simple. Um, the third one is to experiment with video. However, that looks for you, what, however you're comfortable, you know, honestly, some people are more comfortable starting with live because there's actually like people present. And so they don't feel like they're talking to no one. So whatever it is, um, just start, um, and get active with stories if you aren't already. And, um, the last one is we've, I mean, talked about this is just consistency, like being really consistent in what it is that you're doing, whatever, however much you can do right now, just 
um, do what you can do it well, um, and do it consistently. Mm. I love that's a, that was a great summary of this because we've talked about a lot today. And so yeah. I'm like able to get it down to just a couple of points for people to think about and to walk away from. If you guys enjoyed listening to Molly here in episode five of my podcast, I talk a lot about Molly in a post that she did a couple of months <laughs> ago about boosting on Facebook or not to boost on Facebook. And so if you really liked Molly's conversation here. She is a part of inspiration for episode five. You might want to hear it. Just so you know, a little heads up, Molly and I are both pro boosting on Facebook. If you know your goal, if there's, if you really just want to be seen by more people, it's a very viable option for small businesses. And so mm -hmm. we go, I go into more detail on that episode five, but Molly's name is mentioned there several times. So I just had to say that to <laughs> Molly, before we get off, please tell everybody where they can find you. Sure. Well, you can find me online at mollymarshallmarketing.com. It's a little bit of a mouthful. And I'm also Molly Marshall Marketing on Instagram. And that's also my Facebook page. And we, I don't know if we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but uh, you mentioned the hashtag camp. And if people want that, um, it sells for $40, but you can get it for 7 if you go to mollymarshallmarketing.com forward slash ISG, which stands for Instagram strategy guide. And so if you opt in for the, my 2020 Instagram strategy guide, then you're invited to buy that hashtag camp for, for cheap. So that's an option. And I'm telling you right now, it's worth the $7 and opting into her email to get the guide that she has put together well worth it. You will not regret it. The hashtag camp, I, will, I won't give it away because this is part of her business, but it really does <laughs> open your eyes into how to use hashtags. There is a strategy behind that. And simply using four random hashtags is not going to grow your account the way you're probably hoping it to, and hoping for it right. to grow. So she goes into that in the hashtag camp. It's well worth the money and to get into her email list. I can highly thank recommend you. it. Well, Molly, thank you so much for being here. I hope you have a wonderful thank day. You. Okay. You too. Thank you so much for having me this morning. That episode was so much fun to record. Now, Molly was kind enough to agree to chat with me at 6 a.m. her time. So that lets you know just how wonderful she is. Now, at the end of her conversation, she did a great job of summarizing five things that she thinks is extremely important for us business owners to be doing right now on our social accounts. And so I won't take too much time here, but I do want to talk about three key takeaways that I got from this conversation. Number one, she and I spent a lot of time talking about video, and I am telling you from someone who is the biggest chicken out there, video scares me to death, but I heard Jennifer Allwood say this several years ago at an event that I saw her at. She said, you know, just do it once, and then just do it once, and then just do it one more time. And before long, you look up and you have done 15 videos or you've done 15 lives and you're not quite so scared. It doesn't mean that you don't get scared. It just means that you're used to those nerves. It's not so fresh to you anymore. So I do encourage you to try video. And Molly gave a great suggestion. If having your face in video is just too much for you to start, then start with your hands. Start with just a video of the process taking place. Maybe you're a baker and you could turn your camera onto the mixer 
Then take another step and use your voice. As the mixer is using, you know, as the mixer is turning in the bowl, then talk about what's happening. Like there's just baby steps, you know, from What About Bob. Take those baby steps until eventually you'll realize, okay, that video doesn't make me nervous anymore. Okay, what if I did a video with showing my face? So I just want to encourage you to try video. Marketing is all about experimentation. And if you will use that mindset that this is just an experiment, And like Molly said, we completely control video. We're the ones who choose to share it or not. So there's no reason to get so flustered. And she even said that some people have more confidence when they go live because they like the fact that they're going to be talking to real people. I thought that was a great suggestion too. That doesn't work for me. That makes me much more nervous. But I know that there's some of you out there that that does make sense for you. And one thing you can do is definitely text or call some of your friends or some of your loyal clients. Tell them in advance. Put it on social media. But the reason I suggested calling some of your loyal clients or friends before a live, tell them that you're going to do the live, what time you're going to be doing it. So therefore they can show up and you know you actually have a captive audience. And if you'll do that a couple of times, then the audience will grow and grow and grow. So that's a suggestion too. Takeaway number two, don't be afraid to ask for user generated content. UGC, if you see that in text somewhere or you hear someone else say it. So user-generated content is very powerful because that is another customer telling the world how much they love your service or product. So it is very powerful. She, I think, gave the example of card inside a product. So when they open it and they have a card that says, hey, we hope you love this product. If you do, please tag us or use this hashtag and we can't wait to feature you. So that's one way that you can easily ask for that user-generated content. Also, there's nothing wrong with using your voice and straight up saying, hey, we would love to see your pictures. In fact, I'm going to give you a great example right now. If you like this podcast, I would love for you to rate or review it. That's user-generated content for me, and I have seen some very sweet reviews lately. And So thank you. Thank you. But that's an example right there is to just straight up and ask for it because that user-generated content holds a lot of weight with other clients and with potential clients or potential customers. Don't be afraid to ask for it. And number three, I loved Molly's idea of cadence. When she was talking about consistency in our social media, she used that word cadence, which just means that we have to find our own beat, our own rhythm. Oftentimes we beat ourselves up because we aren't posting every single day. Well, the reality is that we're juggling a lot of stuff. And so being able to post every single day is just not going to happen for many of us. But we can find our own cadence. What works for us? I'm aiming for four posts in the feed every week. And I would love to post at least one story a day. That's a cadence that you maybe could keep up with. And also we know that there are busy seasons of your business. And honestly, if you cannot bring your head up above water enough to post, well, then maybe that's, t- that's showing you right now that your rhythm right now in your business is that you are just too busy. You don't need extra work right now. 
I will say a word of warning, though, is you don't want to go completely silent on your social media accounts when you're slammed. So it just means that your cadence will change a little bit. You may post only two times a week and then get to your stories as often as you can. The reason that you don't want to go completely silent is because if you've been in business long enough, you know there's ebb and, there's an ebb and flow. You will be extremely busy and then you'll look up and realize, oh, I'm not so busy now. So you still want to be top of mind to your clients. And that's why you don't want to go radio silent on your social media accounts when you are extremely busy. You still want to find a cadence, some rhythm that you can maintain so that people know, okay, they're still in business. Okay, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And you know how passionate I am about knowing your ideal customer. So don't forget to head to my site and download a freebie, Know Your Ideal Customer Better. And what that freebie is about is recognizing his or her stage of life. That is so important because raising toddlers is very different than raising teenagers. And that is going to affect your customer's stage of life, how they go about their day-to-day. And then, of course, that's going to help you figure out exactly what you need to say to them that revolves around your product or service. So I'm passionate about that. That helps us to be stronger writers and more confident writers because we can visualize exactly who it is we're talking to. So head to my site, inspiretoengage.com. That's inspire to engage all lowercase, no spaces, dot com, and download the freebie, Know Your Ideal Customer Better. Okay, until next week, kiddo. I hope you have a good one. Bye.